Before we begin, please note that multiple and sometimes conflicting pronunciations of some Native American names were discovered as part of research for this series. Every effort has been made to pronounce these names as respectfully as possible. Please also know that the DAR Continental Congress approved the American Indians Committee in 1936, and the National Society continues to follow the lead of the federal government in retaining that terminology. For example, the Bureau of Indian Affairs and the Museum of the American Indian. The Our Patriots Podcast honoring the men and women who achieved American independence and taken from the pages of American Spirit, the Daughters of the American Revolution's award-winning magazine. Tayana Yenigen of the Oneida Nation, written by Bill Hudgens and appearing in American Spirit magazine. During the Revolutionary War, the Oneida and Tuscarora nations in New York State broke with the pro-British Iroquois Confederacy to support the Patriots. One of the Oneidas who fought for the Patriots was Tayana Yenigen, who was remembered for her service at the Battles of Oriskany and Saratoga. Tayana Yenigen, whose name means two kettles together, was born sometime in the 1730s in New York. In the 1750s, she married Tawana Garrigan. He who takes up the snowshoe, who was part Mohawk and part German, according to her biography by David D. Dry in An Encyclopedia of American Women at War, From the Home Front to the Battlefields, Volume 1. Known to whites as Han Yeri, and spellings vary, he was a chief warrior of the Wolf Clan branch of the Oneida and renowned for his fighting prowess. He and Tayana Yenijim were part of a group of Oneidas who found the village of Oriska near the present-day village of Oriskany. They had three sons and a daughter and became prosperous farmers with a house and barn, hogs, horses, chickens, a wagon, and a sleigh for winter travel, according to Dry. The Oneidas were longtime members of the Iroquois Confederacy, an alliance dating to 1200 A.D. They and the other members, Seneca, Cayuga, Onondaga, Mohawk and Tuscarora had pledged peace among themselves and mutual defense against outsiders. The nations were longtime trading partners with the French, and after the English arrived, they became adept at pitting France and England against each other. The British victory in the French and Indian War in 1763 expelled the French, and the Iroquois Confederacy formalized relations with England. Nevertheless, England's principal agent to the Confederacy, William Johnson, took a harder line toward them than the French. The French had lavish gifts, including weaponry and alcohol, on the nations. England, however, reduced that largesse. In the Boundary Line Treaty of 1768, negotiated at Fort Stanwix, New York, Johnson browbeat the Oneidas into opening much of their eastern lands, including Ariska, to white settlers. Yeri, Hayana Yenijin and their fellow Oneidas deeply resented England's coercion. When the Revolutionary War broke out, the other four nations stayed loyal to England, but the Oneida and the Tuscarora opted to support the Patriots, according to the National Park Service's history of Fort Stanwix. You can read more about the Oneida alliance with the Patriots in the November-December 2016 issue of American Spirit magazine. Located near today's Rome, New York, Fort Stanwix was a British post in Oneida territory during the French and Indian War. It was on the Oneida Carry, a portage path that was part of a major water trade and invasion route between New York City and the Great Lakes. 
Now a national monument, Fort Stanwix stood near several Oneida villages and served as a nexus for trade, intelligence gathering, and succor and protection for the Oneidas during hard times. The British abandoned the fort after the war ended. As tensions rose between the colonies in England and among the Iroquois Confederacy, the Oneidas urged the Patriots to repair and garrison the fort. The Americans took their advice. In July 1776, the 3rd New Jersey Regiment, led by Colonel Elias Dayton, occupied the fort, renamed it Fort Schuyler in honor of General Philip Schuyler, and began repairs. A force to be reckoned with. In the spring of 1777, the 3rd New York Regiment under Colonel Peter Gansevoort garrisoned the fort amid rumors of a pending invasion. Other states dispatched reinforcements and a number of Oneidas joined the garrison as scouts, spies, and warriors. The invasion rumors were well-founded. In the spring of 1777, England launched an ambitious three-pronged assault to seize the Mohawk and Hudson River Valleys and to sever New England from the rest of the states. The complex plan called for General John Burgoyne to lead an army south from Canada toward Albany. Colonel Barry St. Ledger was to land and lead 2,000 British, Canadian, German, Loyalist, and Iroquois Confederacy fighters eastward from Lake Erie to capture Fort Schuyler and join Burgoyne. British troop ships were to sail up the Hudson River from New York City to provide the third avenue of attack. The grand strategy would fail. The fleet never arrived, nor did St. Ledger, though he came close. His force reached Fort Schuyler on August 2, 1777, and immediately besieged the defenders crammed inside. Tayana Yenigen was at the fort and was dispatched to summon help from nearby Fort Dayton and alert militia along the way, according to Dry. She slipped past the besiegers and rode nearly 30 miles to Fort Dayton to alert General Nicholas Herkimer's 4th Tryon County Militia. Gary and their son Cornelius were also at Fort Dayton, and she rode with them to relieve Fort Schuyler. However, the British were tipped off about Herkimer's approach. Loyalists and Iroquois Confederacy warriors ambushed the relief column at a deep ravine near Ariska and almost overpowered it in one of the bloodiest actions of the war. Astride her horse, Tayana Yenijim carried two pistols and fired at the enemy until Yeri was shot in the wrist. She then took over loading his gun so that he could continue fighting. He is credited with killing nine of the enemy, Dry wrote. After a desperate six-hour battle, the ambushers finally withdrew, and Tayana Yanagin rode to Fort Schuyler to deliver the news. St. Ledger ended the unsuccessful siege after 21 days and retreated to Lake Erie in Canada. As they withdrew, the loyalist American Indians burned Ariska, including Tayana Yanagin's and Yeri's home. For the rest of the Revolutionary War, a civil war raged between the Oneidas and the Iroquois Confederacy. Nevertheless, they continued to support the Patriots. Some 150 Oneidas, including Tayana Yenigen and Yeri, joined the Revolutionary Army at the Battle of Saratoga. She carried messages for the Patriots, and General Horatio Gates rewarded her service with a gift of three gallons of rum. Later Years Yeri was given a commission in the Continental Army by the Continental Congress in 1779, along with 11 other American Indian patriots, and received some land for his services, according to OneOneidaNation.com. He also accompanied a delegation of Oneida warriors to Valley Forge, where they dined with General George Washington at his encampment. 
Little is known about the rest of Tyana Yanagin's life. Gary died around 1793, and Tyana Yanagin died in 1833. The war destroyed the Oneida's way of life and left them dependent on the state and national governments. In 1794, all nations of the Iroquois Confederacy signed the Treaty of Canandaigua with the new United States, which promised to preserve their lands, although this was not enforced. Many left for new homes in Wisconsin and Canada, while those who stayed in New York were crowded into small reservations. The treaty, however, remains in effect. Each year, representatives of the Iroquois Confederacy and the United States meet in Washington, D.C. to perform the now more than 200-year-old rite of confirming the treaty, the presentation of a quantity of treaty cloth by the U.S. government to the Confederacy's representatives. I hope you have enjoyed this edition of the Our Patriots podcast and that you'll listen to future installments, each focused on a patriot who helped to win our independence. I also know that you will enjoy reading more about our nation's fascinating history by receiving a subscription to American Spirit magazine. Visit us at dar.org and search for American Spirit. Consider, too, researching your family tree and joining our service organization of dedicated women devoted to promoting historic preservation, education, and patriotism. There's something for everyone in today's DAR. This has been the Our Patriots Podcast, a dynamic duo high-five production in association with the Daughters of the American Revolution and Tin Shingle.